0: Let's Talk Sales. This is the podcast for anyone who's interested in growing sales. Let's Talk Sales is brought to you by the Criteria for Success Sales Growth Program. Are you looking to experience a breakthrough in your team's sales? Have you tried sales training in the past, but were unable to make it stick? The Criteria for Success Sales Growth Program is a year-long engagement that combines sales and leadership training, a digital sales playbook, and a coaching and accountability process that will change your sales culture and drive sustained growth. Learn more at criteriaforsuccess.com. Our theme for the month of October is sales management. So if you are a listener and reader of our blog and our podcast, you have probably noticed that we have been talking and writing about sales management all month. You can check out the blog for best practices, information, and advice for you and your team. In this CFS Talk Sales Roundtable, we'll be talking about managing sales. I hope everybody enjoys today's discussion. This is Elizabeth Frederick, Operations Officer and Senior Advisor. And with me today, I have our CEO, Charles Bernard.
1: How is everybody doing? I hope they're doing well.
0: I don't think they can answer you, Charles. Uh, <laughs> although, I guess if you guys just talk to your phones, that's fine. Um, Charles just published an ebook called The Ultimate Guide to Sales Management Solutions to the Top 10 Problems Sales Managers Experience. That is a robust resource, and um, there's a lot of great information in there.
1: And why are you laughing about that?
0: <laughs> Poor Rebecca, <laughs> who's coming up soon. So, I also have with us our director of marketing, Rebecca
2: Toomey, who got to design that ebook. Okay. Hello. It was so much fun. 60 pages. Ooh, ooh. 60 pages. <laughs> Of beautiful problem solving management material material <laughs> yeah definitely um so robust definitely
0: all right um for all of our listeners you can find the notes for today's show i'd imagine we are going to be giving a lot of information and resources so you can check that out at criteria slash pod nine three we're on episode ninety three All right, let's get started. I always like to start with a broad question, if possible. Um, I think we all know sales management is a big job. And the role of sales managers and how they fit in organizations um, has changed over time. What trends do you guys see facing sales managers in 2018?
1: Uh, Well, hot off the presses on my uh, sales management book, Uh, I'm not even sure this is in the book, so I'll add to it in that I do think... Uh, I'm seeing a trend where marketing is getting much closer uh, with sales. So, therefore, sales managers and if they have a counterpart like a marketing manager uh, really need to collaborate more than ever. And that really is a trend, especially in the digital space like uh, inbound marketing. And if they're collaborating, they'll avoid something that I see happening a lot in this particular space, and that is who qualifies the leads? Is it marketing? Is it their responsibility to provide leads to the sales team? Uh, And if so, are they pre-qualifying those leads? There seems to be um, a lot of uh, opportunity there in that middle ground to determine who's doing what. So I do think if we can get marketing and sales collaborating, which is a trend that uh, is an opportunity, then everyone will be better off.
0: Definitely. Um, I've noticed that it used to be very much like there could be a wall between. It was like marketing does their stuff and then they just throw something over the wall and sales runs with it. And now there's a lot of passing it back and forth. And you're involved in step one and marketing is involved in step two. And it's it's really um, kind of, you know, the hands are, are, are close together. Um, and it's so important for them to be able to communicate, share information. You know, we, marketing warmed up the lead, they hand it off to sales, sales works it, it's not ready, they hand it back to marketing. And they need to know what's happening about the status of all of this information. Definitely.
1: And this is something that's, um very top of mind for us right now we're getting close to the end of 2018 I know you Rebecca are planning for 2019 and one of the things that I love and we actually advocate this we do it ourselves we advocate this for all our clients is marketing developing a plan that really involves sales and giving direction and collaborating in this discussion about what the future of the of the next year looks like So um, you want to speak a little bit to that?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, as the director of marketing, (laughs) this is something that's really important to me is the alignment between sales and marketing. And that is a huge trend with sales managers. They're really sick of that divide. Mm. You know, they're sick of feeling like the teams aren't supporting each other. And so they're working really hard to make sure that there is alignment. And something that I noticed a lot of companies are doing and If you aren't doing this and you're listening, I would encourage you to do this, is like Charles mentioned, work in tandem with marketing to develop out your content plan, so all of your content and strategy for the next year. But focus a lot on, you can focus on two things. The problems that you solve for your clients, and then marketing can also ask sales, what are the most common objections that you get when you're trying to sell? Ooh, and then you can piece together your content for marketing based around that. And you have content that is valuable for marketing and it's also valuable for sales.
1: So use problems and objections to drive content.
2: Exactly. Hmm. Exactly. And um, I would say that's something that we're doing right now, right? This month we're focused on sales management. And what we want is to help managers to solve the problems that they have and they are experiencing in their life. And that's why you wrote your ebook, right, Charles? Absolutely. 10 problems that sales manager's experience and how you can solve those problems. Yep. Definitely.
0: Um, It's funny. I was actually just having a conversation yesterday with um, a senior sales lead at one of our clients, um, just trying to learn more about um, his concerns and um, where he sees area for improvement within sales. And one of the things he said was he wants uh, to understand the content schedule for uh, marketing for Mm -hmm. 2019, because he feels like marketing is on an island and they're producing stuff and he's always caught by surprise. Sure. Wow. Yeah. um, It's so incredibly common. um, And that's something that sales managers do have a
2: key role in kind of getting the right information um, to be available on both sides. Definitely. And another trend I wanted to throw out there that I'm noticing, you know, it's 2018. Millennials are making up 30% of the workforce right now. Those dreaded millennials. <laughs> the, dreaded I read the millennials. other day, they, they're kill- <laughs> we're killing American cheese, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> well, that poor cheese. <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of debate about the birth years for millennials. But the typical reports say about 1981 to 1995 or 1996. So that's going to mean that millennials are between the ages of 22 on the younger end and 37 on the older end. So on the younger end, you have a lot of millennial salespeople now Mm -hmm. that are in the workforce. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have a lot of millennials rising into management positions. Mm -hmm. And so for many of them, they've actually been, you know, a salesperson or for, for a number of years and they're getting promoted into that position. So that's kind of a trend that we're seeing that a lot of people are writing and talking about and how millennials can better manage teams. And I point this out because it is kind of cool to see a lot of these millennial managers because they're bringing some new fresh perspectives into the business community, especially when it comes to work-life balance and work culture. Mm-hmm. So. hmm it's it's interesting. That's a big trend that's Meaning out there's there. There
1: is a bigger emphasis on Bigger women, emphasis. Yeah.
2: I think that millennials have really watched their parents kind of struggle and suffer with overworking and kind of watched their health deteriorate over time and they themselves, you know, I I mean I know that sometimes we can all experience burnout and you know running into where we we feel like we're just overworked and working too much and I think a lot of these managers are saying, "Wait a second you know, I'm aware of this. I'm seeing that people are getting burned out. I'm losing sales people. My turnover is really high. What can I do to keep these people happy? Yep. Absolutely. You know, how can we balance this out? And then the last trend that I've noticed that sales managers are really taking sales training and development seriously. A lot of managers are really, they understand that continuous development is the only way to continuously grow. You have to do it all the time. So those are some of the, the things that I've been seeing out there. Definitely.
0: Um, one thing that I've noticed and I think it kind of ties to some of what you've been talking about um, I'm seeing a lot of organizations that are running lean um, yeah. They might be reducing the ratio so they have um, fewer sales managers managing more people. Um, and where I'm specifically seeing that is um, in just a continued increase in the number of salespeople who are working remotely. Right. Um, and as we've said before, and we talked about uh, remote sales a few months ago, but um, it's always been a reality in sales that some people work remotely. Um, you know, I think sales kind of started with door to door salespeople literally <laughs> yeah. walking around physically very remote. Um, and it's always been a possibility for salespeople to work remotely. But we're seeing that as just an incredibly um, continuing growing trend. It kind of ties to the work-life balance that you were talking about, Rebecca, where you might have salespeople working from home. It's an easy enough job to do from home. Um, You might see that a manager is managing salespeople that they've literally never met in person or see, you know, once a year, twice a year. And that's a trend that's just continuing to grow um, over time. And it's just really important for managers to understand what are the different skills that are required to manage, whether you're managing lean or whether you're managing a remote team or both. Definitely. Um, and it's, it's definitely uh, a challenge for some managers who might not have ever experienced that in the past. Yes. Yes, certainly. So I know we all have different experience um, in sales and in sales management and seeing sales management. So this is always a fun question, just hearing some stories. So I'd love to hear about either your personal experience um, managing sales or being managed as a salesperson (laughs) or what you might have seen um, where
2: you've seen somebody maybe managing sales really effectively. So I'd actually like to tell a story about a sales manager that we worked with recently and I'll preserve his name since I didn't get his permission before this, but I met this sales manager at a networking event where Charles was actually giving a presentation. He was doing a training with some tips on sales basically, some sales tips for people that are out there in, in the sales world, not necessarily for managers. And he was talking about solving problems, and he described a few of the tools that we use a lot here, the problem opportunity matrix, the client evolution model, and deal document, which is a big one, and of course, we have resources for all of those tools, (laughs) and I'm sure, Elizabeth, you would be happy to uh, throw those in the notes, but anyway, this sales manager paid attention during that training. Even though he isn't a selling manager, he doesn't sell himself, he manages a team, he took the time to listen, take in the tactics, and then he took them back to his team. And one of the ones that he mentioned was deal, deal document. He thought yeah. that that was a really cool way to move a deal forward. So a few months later, he realized you know, this is great. And I want to take this a step further and focus on growing my team. So he reached back out to us and we put together a half day sales training for him. And he didn't just plan the event and force his salespeople to absorb it and like not show up. He was really excited about it. He got his team excited about it. And then during the training, he was so engaged and very encouraging to his team. And it was really a cool thing to see how invested he was in the growth of his team and the coolest part is that he's really continuing to drive this training forward by continuing to develop out the tools that he learned during training and we've been talking about that back and forth so his team is so empowered and I really can't wait to see what they accomplish
1: and and I think that's something we say right off the bat that owners meaning an executive or a manager or a leader need to participate because it really sends a strong signal to the rest of the team if they're in the training as Mm -hmm. well. That buy-in. That buy-in because imagine if they're not, and we're inventing new tools and new language, and they have no clue about Mm -hmm. what just happened, they're going to be the first people who will undo the process, probably unwittingly, but I do think it's a really important point you're making that um, the leader and the manager should be in the training also.
0: Definitely. It's something that we just so often see is that um, one of the key critical points of success or failure for any sort of training initiative is that the manager is engaged and invested. They can do a lot of the work to get people engaged beforehand and ready for training so that the trainer doesn't have to start and show up on day one and people are just sitting there, you know, arms crossed and blank faces (laughs) and resistant. And then you spend half of the day trying to break down those walls. Mm -hmm. The manager can break those down ahead of time, get the team excited. And then after, you know, sales training can be incredibly impactful, but It's only impactful if people actually apply what they learn, Mm -hmm. and a good manager that can actually get the team to follow up and hold them accountable and keep them engaged—that's
2: going to actually get you the value from the sales training that you wouldn't get otherwise. Yep, and then they've got to take all those tools they learned during training and put it in their sales playbook. Absolutely. Um,
0: So I actually have a similar story about another client that we have. Um, They have a really large sales team, and um, everybody manages their own territory. Everybody's really quite independent, and then they have. you know, the pretty common structure when you have a national team where they have regional vice presidents, but they have a unique feature where they have a training organization um, that they've developed. And they have one person who's responsible for overall sales training across the sales organization. And um, somebody new had recently stepped into that role and it's been really um, exciting and impressive to see how he's developed management processes specifically to drive accountability um because everybody works so independently there have always been certain things that they would measure but he's looking to make sure that people are applying what they learn in the sales growth program and so we train the team on things like um developing a monthly prospecting action plan, and making sure that you're intentional with your business. We have all of these independent reps who are almost like little mini sales managers of their own. You know, they're managing themselves. Um, But we've said, this is a principle, you can all do it. Each plan can be unique, but it's up to you to develop your plan. Um, and it's been really exciting to see that he's really tracking and holding the team accountable and making sure that they're developing those plans. And again, it's that function of sales management that's just making sure stuff sticks. Mm-hmm. And you have you know, the unique position to do that. And so it's so incredibly important when you're trying to see sales growth, when you're trying to introduce new concepts and new ideas, um, that the sales manager really kind of sticks. Um, sticks to things, measures, um, holds the team accountable.
1: Yeah. Good point. I actually had a conversation with some CEOs yesterday about this. And one CEO brought up a good point about the role of the sales manager with these plans is to make sure they integrate and they're not Mm -hmm. all isolated because you want those plans rolling up. To uh, a bigger purpose. It could yeah. be driving revenue, uh, could be driving a specific goal, et cetera. So, um, that is another function that I think is important for a sales manager.
0: Definitely. And even understanding, you know, let's say I put in my plan that I'm going to leverage a certain amount of marketing's time and everybody else puts in their plan and you add it up and it's three times the amount of time that marketing has available yeah. to support sales. Could so, managers can do a good job of just kind of translating that, looking at the big picture and saying, okay, we, we've got a little bit of a problem.
1: Yep. Um, My story is personal because I used to be a sales manager. So back in the day when I first became a sales manager, um, I created what I call now. I didn't call it then, but I call it now a spoken hub relationship where I was the center of everything, like um, the hub on a wheel. And everyone was like a spoke. And I had all these uh, one on one relationships with my team. And I had 13 salespeople reporting to me, which is, you know, that'll keep me busy, and it did. And so what I realized I started to get into, and largely because people were telling me that I realized I was getting into this, is I was becoming a micromanager. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: um, I think largely because of my own anxiety to try to keep up with people. And the problem with the Spoken Hub relationship is I realized that I was creating a dependency like I had the answers like yep. people were coming to me uh more and more and, t- and making demands on my time which caused more anxiety and as a result <laughs> I ended up having to try to keep all the spins plate uh, all the uh, plates spinning so you can get the drill it's kind of like I was running around
0: yeah terrible a- cycle
1: terrible cycle and I ended up getting um spread really thin um and, and I think the solution, it took me a while to get there, and, and one that I advocate for anyone listening, if they find themselves in this role, is to really find champions on the team. Top performers, perhaps, or even other people who want to step up. And tactically, I can suggest things I did that I found helped me with my hub and spoke relationship and reduce that anxiety. And simple things like having someone, not me, run a sales meeting. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we had a a rotating uh, schedule where people would take it in turns to run the meeting. And I felt that was great because when I wasn't running the meeting, I could listen. I didn't have to come up with the agenda every time. And then um, enrolling top performers that people on the team respect as thought leaders that could share some of the burden of mentoring uh, the sales team. So that Spoken Hub Relationships started to uh, melt away, and, and um, I really was, um, was much happier as a result.
0: Definitely. I remember we had one client where they tracked and they realized that the close rate when managers went on meetings was really high. And the close rate when managers weren't going on meetings with their reps was really low. And they discovered the only people who had closing skills were their managers. And reps had grown dependent. Like you mentioned, the manager always comes in at the end and closes the deal for me. And they didn't develop the skill for themselves. And so it's incredibly important that That managers realize that you can't do everything for your reps and you have to actually grow those skills in them. And like you said, empower the the people who are ready to step up and then they can help everybody else continue to grow. It's not all on you. Yeah, Um, That kind of leads into the next question. And we always like to talk about challenges and problems so that you can overcome them. So I'd like each of us to share some challenges that we see sales leaders um, and managers facing as they're working to effectively manage a sales team. Um, I'll get us started. And this is something that I'm really passionate about um, just because of my own experience and and um, and a lot of uh, what I talk about and read about um, and that's the I see managers that are unable to effectively manage people who have different personalities, um, different ways of being motivated, different ways that they need to be managed. And a lot of times what I see is that managers think about how they need to be motivated and how um, how they like to be treated. So I like competition. I like to be called out. I like to be challenged. And so I just assume that, you know, every single person that I'm I'm managing, they like to be called out, they like to be (laughs) challenged, they like things to be competitive. Guess what? Not everybody is the same and a lot of times it's because as managers they just don't have that experience or that knowledge to treat people as individuals. Um, We see a lot of people get promoted into management and they don't get any training, they don't get any resources, it's just like you're doing well, you're a good good salesperson, you can be a manager and that's often setting them up to fail. Um, It's so incredibly important to understand the different individuals that you're managing, what works best for each of them. Um, There's the core personality. There's the core kind of who they are all the time. But then you have to think about what situations are they experiencing? Um, Somebody who's under a lot of stress, um, a lot of anxiety, whether they're they're just overly busy. As Charles said, maybe they're spread too thin or their schedule has gotten tight or you know something happened. They lost a big client. Um, they lost a big opportunity. They're under a lot of stress. You need to potentially treat them a little differently than you would treat them on a normal day. And so having that, um, that empathy, having that flexibility, that ability to connect to reps, I think that's a challenge that I often see. Um, and I have to jump in with one little solution that can help with that. Obviously, leadership training is really helpful. But um, a specific tool is behavioral assessments. And that can really help you get at least one sense of your team, um, one sense of, um, you know, what's their personality type? How do they like to be managed? How should you communicate with them? How should you not communicate with them? And one really good practice if you are doing any sort of behavioral assessments um, is to review those reports with the reps and make sure that they agree with what's in there. So you don't want to just do an assessment. It says treat a person a certain way and without even checking with them, you do that. (laughs) Um, But uh, I'll include a a link in the show notes um, to the DISC assessment, which is uh, an assessment that we provide. But whatever whatever platform you use, behavioral assessments are just an incredibly useful tool.
2: Definitely. And I can speak to the other side of that, Elizabeth. I um, once w- had a manager who thought that all of the salespeople would be motivated by competition. Mm-hmm. And so he pitted the salespeople against each other and it was the worst ever. I hated it. And I actually ended up going to him. I'm like, listen, man, this is not working for me because we actually worked really well together, the, our sales mm-hmm. team. And when we would have a hard time with an agency, we would call each other and we would talk about it. And by pitting us against each other, it just made, I mean, we had that we had a good vibe between our team, so we made a very joking kind of atmosphere about it. But still, but still, it wasn't good. It yeah. wasn't a good thing. So he ended up killing that whole <laughs> <laughs> idea. And but I, it was just—it's funny that you say that. You know, personality it does play into all of this stuff, and Definitely. how people are motivated is very different. Yeah, and it's interesting because I am a very competitive person, but in certain situations, <clears throat> there are certain ways that I think can actually prevent me from wanting to compete definitely you know? it's like I'm not even going to enter this I don't <laughs> even want to go there um, but other challenges you know I think that as a manager it's natural to want everything to be your way <laughs> or the comfortable way the way that's comfortable for you but like you said, Elizabeth, not everyone is the same. Not everyone works the same way or is the same. And this can create a lot of hot water in business relationships. So you know, to avoid becoming a micromanager or, or disempowering your team, I think it's important for managers to give as much information as they can to help their team members su- succeed. So that might mean that you work with an individual salesperson to develop their monthly prospecting action plan until they feel comfortable developing it themselves. Or maybe they don't know how to tie their activities to their day. How do I get all this stuff done? You might need to actually sit down and teach them how to time block, Mm -hmm. how to audit their time block, something like that. And of course, we have a resource on that that I always talk about, <laughs> time management and time blocking. We've a little bit gotten away from that. I think you used to bring it up just about every episode and now it's like every <laughs> other episode. <laughs> you know, there's been a couple, I didn't talk about it and Charles was like, no, can't get out of this without mentioning time management. So I well, just think- figured- <laughs> that's funny because
1: that's what I was gonna say is I do think that's a big challenge for sales managers and that is their own time management and staying focused. True. So get some training. True, Read yeah. the book that Elizabeth's talking about the ebook, um, and don't try to be in too many places at once because you really want to be available as much as you can to your sales team and if you're if you're all over the place it's very hard for you to do that
2: definitely and if you have a formula for how much time prospecting and selling you know how m- if you spend this much time prospecting this much time selling that's gonna lead to this many sales if you know the secret formula you better tell those salespeople. <laughs> tell <laughs> them what is. it is yeah. definitely
0: that's such a great point um, and so we've kind of transitioned out of challenges and into uh, best practices so why don't we continue that conversation. I'd love for each of us to share one or, or maybe a couple yeah. um, best practices that you see for managing sales.
1: Yeah there's probably a ton but I'm going to focus on one. Um, do what you can to simplify the process. Uh, what, I, what I mean specifically is there are things in the sales process that if you can simplify will reduce your sales cycle i'll give you an example so even us we went through this a while ago but i see this all the time um you've you've uh, got a verbal on a deal you've sent the proposal the client is sending it to legal or the client themselves going to sign the contract and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and I would say 80% of the reason you're waiting, waiting, waiting is because it's a pain in the butt for the client to print off the contract, sign it, scan it, attach it to an email, and send it back. A simple thing like that could elongate your sales cycle by two, three days. So one remedy is to go with electronic signatures simple you uh, obviously clear it by legal if you need to with your in-house counsel but um, most of the time electronic signatures are legal They're an accepted uh, business practice. Oh,
2: totally. My lease is signed digitally.
1: Digitally, same with me. And so if you um, can help your sales reps by providing them with that simple tool, you might discover that you're going to reach your objectives sooner and make life easier for them. And they're not in the waiting game.
0: Definitely. Um, I think uh, just in general, understanding that you have a process and then simplifying it is helpful. We have an ebook on uh, Mm -hmm. developing a sales process. I actually wrote that one. So I'll include a link to that in the show notes. It's really important that you have a process and then you work and and you can evaluate and simplify where appropriate. Um, When I started thinking about best practices, I came up with about a bazillion different ideas. Mm -hmm. There are so many, um, uh, there's so much advice that we give for sales managers. Um, If I were going to kind of drill it down to one, I would say, is to set clear expectations. Rebecca was just talking about that um, a few minutes ago. Um, it's so incredibly important. People need to know, how do you expect them to spend their time? Are you evaluating that? Are you are you expecting that people are spending two days a week prospecting? And if you don't tell them, they don't know that they're not doing what you want them to be doing. Um, what information do you want them to report to you? On what schedule? How often should they be updating the CRM system? Um, how are you measuring success? And then in terms of expectations, you also have to think about what are the expectations that they're receiving in terms of things like the compensation plan, in terms of how they can be involved in goal setting. Um, just making sure that you're you're clear on things. I, again, was just having a conversation the other day with a sales rep who was talking about how they had been told at one point, you know, quotas are going to go up to $20 million a piece, that everybody's going to sell $20 million. But with that, you're going to likely expect that your compensation is going to be $750,000. And it's like, well, okay, you know, if I'm going to do all that selling, uh, I'll get compensation for it. Those are pretty high numbers, right? Um, and then he said, guess which one of those two came true? <laughs> and quotas <laughs> certainly went up to 20 million, but comp didn't go up to match. And when you don't set clear expectations... Or when you set expectations and don't follow through, um, that sends a message to the team. And they, they lose trust. They don't know what they should be doing. They get uncertain. And when salespeople are uncertain, that's when you start to see salespeople st- leave. So fuzziness, confusion, uh, mistrust, those are huge problems. So managers
2: really need to take ownership of setting clear expectations, making things clear, and then meeting them. Definitely. those were gr- that, that was a great point, Elizabeth. I've got two best practices I want to throw out there. The first is slow down. Sometimes you have to take a step back to really see what's going on. So just slow down a little bit. Talk to your team members. (laughs) Yeah. Take a deep breath. See how things are going and see where you can improve. Ask what you can be doing better. The second thing is coach your team. Managing is one thing. Coaching is something completely different. So it's all about encouraging your team to discover for themselves rather than saying, this is the way that it is. So those are my two I wanted to throw out there. Nice. That's
0: great. And we have a resource on coaching that I will include in the show notes. Again, criteriaforsuccess.com pod nine three. All right. Um, one dimension of management that I think is, um, is really unique is new sales managers. And mm-hmm. we often see people promoting into sales management. What are specific challenges that
2: you see sales managers facing as they're stepping into management for the first time? Okay. So this goes back to what I was just talking about, that there is a difference between managing and coaching. And new managers often fall into the manage part a bit more than coaching. And it's hard. I myself have struggled with this. So when things don't look right or a salesperson says the wrong thing, it's easy to to tell them what they did wrong or say, you know, you should have said this or you should do this. And you know, that's all well and good. Managers have been doing this forever. But I would encourage new managers to instead allow your team members to discover for themselves how to improve, how to learn from that experience. So instead of saying, you should have said this during the meeting, you might instead ask a question like, how do you think the buyer felt about our meeting? Or Mm -hmm. how do you think that went?
1: In fact, if you download the book that Rebecca's been referencing on sales management, there (laughs) is a section on coaching and we have a acronym that we use in our trainings called playback. And those are the steps that are that describe a good coaching model. Um, and might give you some help. If there you go. Coach.
2: That's it. So download the ebook, and then you will know how to allow salespeople to open up and really think for themselves and and grow and learn. Definitely, um, I see one of the biggest challenges for new sales managers. Um, kind of.
0: To what you're saying, Rebecca, is really clearly understanding and defining their roles for themselves. Um, we see a lot of times sales managers might be promoted from sales, and so they, um, you know, they're coming in with that set of mindset, that background. Um, sometimes we see sales managers get pulled into managing sales, and they come from an operational or delivery side of things. Both of those are really challenging, and a lot of times you stick to behaviors and relationships that you had in your previous life. So. What sales managers need to understand is they are caught in between two really strong constituencies. You've got the sales team. Um, They know that they're important, right? If the sales team doesn't work, if they stop selling, the company goes away. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a really key, important constituency. Because of that, we see sometimes that salespeople are pulling for resources. They're always asking for stuff. And again, this isn't always a bad thing. Uh, I don't want to paint them with a bad rap. But it's important that managers... Um, can kind of push back on some of those requests. On the other side of things, you have leadership, and they're pushing the sales manager and pulling from them. You know, why isn't sales growing? Why aren't you hitting targets? More, more, more. And the sales manager needs to be in the position between both of those, advocating on both sides. So it's really important that they don't get too close to either side. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't try to be um, personal friends or buddies. Um, It's important to hold the team accountable and to also advocate for them up within the leadership group. And it's all about trust. It's about relationship, but not getting too close to either side side yeah Hmm. definitely
1: that's a good good point um let's think about this for a second new managers all right i got a simple thing um get a mentor uh could be someone in the company i prefer someone in the company I, i would recommend if you have a peer like a head of marketing or head of operations uh that could be a good person to uh lean on for a mentor, and it could go both ways. You could provide uh, mentoring in return. So something like um, like that. Or if you want to hire someone from the outside, that's okay too. But just have someone that you can um, go to. Like Elizabeth said, you've got those pressures from above and from below. And maybe uh, one way of relieving that pressure is to um, talk to a third party.
0: Definitely. All right. Last question. And we're going to have Charles go first here because I know he needs to leave momentarily. And then (laughs) Rebecca and I'll finish things off. Um, But what's one piece of actionable advice that you could share that our listeners can apply today to better manage sales?
1: Simple. Transfer knowledge and use a sales playbook. That's the vehicle for getting knowledge transferred on your team. Awesome.
0: Absolutely. Um, And we will include some links in the show notes to um, how you could potentially build a playbook for yourself, or we'll also um, give you some information about the Calabia sales playbook um, that you can leverage uh, a tool that we've built the foundation for you. So we'll make sure to put that in there. (laughs) All right. Um, If I were to give one piece of actionable advice, I would ask that managers... Ask your team to develop and share goals with you. Um, We've talked about this uh, a lot already today, things like prospecting action plans, Um, where are they spending their time, maybe looking into their calendar, their time blocks, but make sure that your team is sharing information about their plans and goals with you. Um, This could be big picture. It could be, you know, what's your account plan for the quarter? What are you gonna do with your whole territory? Um, Monthly prospecting action plan. Or it could be the more tactical stuff. And it's really important that managers have insight into what their teams are intending to do. So often we see that managers know somebody's target, you know their goal, and then you have absolutely no insight into how they plan to get there. And you have the ability to coach them, like Rebecca was talking about. You have the ability to impact their plan if you know what it is. And so often you're just kind of coming in at the end and saying, okay, you know, you didn't hit your target or you did hit your target. Um, And you can only really provide coaching and help and guidance along the way if you know their plan of attack. So make sure you know what they're doing, what they're working toward. Um, And then this is a really big red flag and can help you notice problems before they start. If they refuse to set goals or they refuse to share goals with you, you know you've got a problem to uncover (laughs) and really determine why is it that they're being so resistant. And so if you ask somebody for a plan and give them an outline of what the plan would look like, um, it'll tell you pretty quickly, are they, you know, are they hiding because they're not doing enough or are they, you know, resistant and they just kind of want to like sneak under the radar, um, that gives you a lot of insight as a manager. So really just ask your team to share goals and plans with you to whatever level makes sense. Definitely.
2: All right. My piece of advice is going to be super simple download Charles's ebook. (laughs) But really, this ebook is so comprehensive. He goes through 10 problems, common problems like being spread too thin, micromanagement, compensation plans not matching or aligning, all kinds of different things that you are probably have already run into by now, probably all 10 of them. So we've brought up most of them, I think, on (laughs) this
0: call today or on this
2: uh, recording today. Yeah. So definitely grab
0: that ebook from the show notes. Definitely. Well, that's an easy one and a link to that is already in those show notes. So I am um, really encourage everybody to check those out. So thank you everybody so much for listening to Let's Talk Sales. You can find the notes for today's show with all of those information and resources at criteriaforsuccess.com pod nine three. In next week's episode, we have a special Q and A episode where Charles and Rebecca will be answering listener questions about sales management and other topics. Um, By the time this episode airs, it'll be a little too late to submit your own questions, but don't worry. Um, There's a lot of great content and information that I'm sure they will be sharing. They'll probably be answering your questions anyway, so make sure you check that out. In the meantime. Um, for this Friday's inspiration, I will be sharing a powerful quote about leadership and what leadership means from Dwight D. Eisenhower. I think he was quite the leader. Um, and then beginning next month, we're going to be talking and writing about targeting. And so you can check out the blog at criteriaforsuccess.com blog. I will be releasing a new ebook on targeting that I need to finish writing, and I am so excited to share that with you. If you're enjoying the show, please recommend us to a friend and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you might be listening to this show while you're there please leave us a rating or a review this will help more people find the show and it lets us know what's working and where we have room to improve and remember you can follow us on twitter at let's underscore talk underscore sales let's talk sales is a production of criteria for success and is produced by rebecca toomey ariana miskell and me elizabeth Frederick. happy selling